0: 420, Mr. Grow It, and Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV, from the Stash Podcast.
1: This show is brought to you by Dutch Pro USA, nutrients made for growers by growers. From the base nutrients to the Explode Booster, Dutch Pro USA is bringing you the essentials that all growers need without the extra bottles. Visit USA or find their products on Amazon.com. Spider Farmer LED. One of the leaders in affordable quality LED lighting for growers. From the SF Quantum Board Series to the SE Bar Style LEDs. Spider Farmer has you covered without breaking the bank. Find Spider Farmer LEDs on Amazon.com. And AC Infinity. Innovators in the air game. Providing state-of-the-art inline fans, tents, and more to the home grower. Visit ACInfinity.com. Or Amazon to pick up some of their products. And you could save money with any of these brands by checking out the discount codes below in the description. Yeah. Speaking of amazing, so we've had an amazing lineup. We've had awesome, awesome, awesome guests. But a guy who's creeping on in, okay, oh, baby. okay. He that dude. Oh, baby. He's the motherfucking homie. You may know him from a classic, a show that brought this show together. Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. There's the reason why this show exists: the motherfucking GrowTube. He's one of mm-hmm. the breeders over at the Ocean Grown Genetics. He's a bad mofo. RP's like a fucking beast. You Gamer, know motherfucking is. monster. You know the dog is. father himself. Doggo, the motherfucking... Oh. Man, I need
2: you to intro me on all my podcasts.
3: Hey, yeah. <laughs> <don't
1: have> <laughs> oh, come
2: here. Man, <laughs> you? Dog. What's you up, fellas? How you <laughs> doing? Oh, it is good, good, good to see bro. you, man. It's good, good to, to see, see you. to see all of you, too. Geez, I feel how like I haven't seen either one of you an agent it's been been a long time at least like a
3: month (laughs) since we've had a call and it's crazy how work takes over right?
2: yeah work takes over chris what's up man how you doing
3: doing pretty good man how about you
2: doing good dude i thank you for for your uh, interview shit that thing's got like sixty thousand views right now i've been getting a lot of people coming over from it's your Larry channel so dude, thank you. Thank thank you. Thank you knowledge support, bomb after knowledge bomb
3: man you are dropping so many so great conversation about coco if you guys have not seen that in the chat definitely recommend checking that out at some point but uh mm-hmm. yeah awesome episode for sure yeah. thanks for I'm... coming on today man yeah, I know. yeah. thanks for having
2: me
4: and if I may, like, um, I, I, if I may, just I've kind of follow. I, if I may, if it, I, I may. have seen the evolution of content in the cannabis realm for the last ten, well, almost ten years. I feel like I've been watching the content at least on YouTube evolve from just cell phones of your, your, your guy looking at White Widow in a tent that you can barely see, and the lights flickering, or it's blurple or whatever. And I, I, I will, I will say that, like, I, I don't think shows like what we have here or the garden talk that, uh, Mr. Grow it has that we would not be here if it was not for that grow tube back in the day under the, the doggo, the hut, was it, no, it I was a doggo. That. It was just doggo. I believe. It
2: was, no, I well, think. it was my old name, which I don't want to repeat. Cause it was not, it's not necessarily politically correct to use oh, okay. I didn't we'll know go it was. We'll go with doggo, the hut. Yeah, sure. No, no. Sure. Um, yeah. No, it, I appreciate that. It, um, I have no shame in, in kind of uh, claiming that stake, I guess, as one of the one of the pioneers. Um, for
1: sure. I still got to
2: give credit to Bubble Man. I mean, Hash Church was the very first Huge. show, but I think we took GrowTube to a different level, and I think a lot the reason a lot of cannabis content creators stream today uh, is because of the stuff we did for GrowTube. So I'm at least proud of that fact. No matter what Can people you- think of me or decisions I made or whatever in the past, uh, it 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 brought... What was key was before Hash Church and GrowTube, no one talked to each other. None of the cannabis content creators talked to each other. We had all been fans of each other, but no one intermingled. And I think that was what brought everyone together. Uh, And so you saw a lot of communities meshing. And, you know, like I said, that always doesn't necessarily go well when certain fan bases, you know, collide with one another. But it got everyone out of the shell it was really groundbreaking i think for cannabis content you know i mean we wouldn't be doing streams like this if it wasn't for stuff we were doing back then uh you know getting the support of high times and now we're doing a live stream for normal like this is awesome Crazy, uh, you right? know and, and a hell of a, of a organization to do a fundraiser for they're doing so much for cannabis legalization so um Hold on.
4: yeah and Come you on. can you can still oh, oh what's this it's a, it's oh there's
1: another I one. there's a dark yeah. Come in! Easier, Come here Six foot eleven. I feel like you're real tall. Four foot <laughs> vertical. Two hundred and ten <laughs> pounds of all muscle. The most OG of OGs. It's bringing him. you some of the most the dang- OG, tanks that him. you have seen. Period. Vader. OG.
0: He's here. He's hey, here. Vader. Good on. to
3: see you. What up? Vader. No.
0: I am, sorry, I had a sneeze attack. I was waiting and then <laughs> time, right, right before you Best sent time. the link. I, I was heard. like, get in
2: here and he's like, I can't, I'm sneezing. <laughs> I was just going to say quickly it's before we trying. Time. You can
4: still see all the original grow tubes, correct me if I'm wrong, over on
2: Yes. So the the complete collection uh because my hard drive crashed at one point. So I wasn't I was only able to recover Like 80% of the shows. So there's a GrowTube channel on YouTube that has most of the content, but the complete archive is actually still available on High Times TV. So you got to go digging for it, but it's there.
4: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's very exciting. Very exciting. Vader, thank you for being here, man.
1: Fucking A. I'm so thrilled to be back in the chat with you boys. We game together often, and we've all been pretty busy and not have – had as many of our late night chats so this is just yeah. good vibes we turned our late night chats into a show is essentially yeah, so It's what ended not up as easy <laughs> to do it it's like, well, fuck am i gonna be in the show tonight I'm, yeah. i don't really feel like it i didn't put my right. makeup on my hair's down life you gets know? in the way it's one of those it's exchanges. how it is yeah but fuck vader welcome dog thanks for having me absolutely man well i we talked a little earlier uh, something about uh some clones i think doggo you're in the process of taking yes. clones dude i'd like to like to get some expert uh, opinion here because we've all been growing for a long time experts anybody who's fucked up a bunch and now makes good clones that's an expert in my opinion <laughs> so anybody who's been doing it for a while who's now uh, successfully making it happen and seeing your outdoor grow that greenhouse i could barely even call it an outdoor grow just it's stunner, busting at the
2: seams i mean, I, was, I was telling vader last night i was like this is an interesting predicament to be in because i'm like what what am i gonna do with all this weed <laughs>
4: Good yeah. problems it's a great it's, problem get, it's a
2: great problem to have but it's still a problem um you know i remember from from the days of when like i couldn't even like i was lucky if i was able to get a plant to survive or i get like a nug and now i've got outdoor going i got greenhouse it's it's phenomenal um but yeah cloning my advice to cloning is do whatever works for you um i'm certainly i mean sure i could be considered an expert on you know deep Water culture cloning. I use my oxycloner, but that's only because I couldn't clone under the domes. There's some people where you know they take cuttings and they throw it in their root right cube and they throw it in the dome and they get roots seven days, no problem every time. I sucked at that. I could never get that method down. When to open the the dome? I'm when to let air in? And I would always get um, what do they call it wetting off. I think is the terminology, and they just basically whoop, wilt over. When I discovered the Oxycloner, and it was like didn't need to worry about a dome, It just dumped them in, and ten days later I got roots. And so that's what. i yes. stopped. Can you with ex- can
4: you explain the Oxy Dome? I am unfamiliar oh, with this. Oxy,
2: yeah, Oxy. So Oxycloner. Clone. Oh. The, the clone, yeah, the the clone setup. That's that's a name brand. It's basically, I mean, you can you can, you can like a DIY somewhere. your own very very easily because I don't even think they make the Oxycloner brand a- anymore. But it's basically just a, uh, a clone unit um, that you fill up with water and you put your lid on it with all your different clone sites uh, and it requires uh, air stones because you got to keep air in the water, hence the oxy uh, portion You're using lots of air and oxygen in the water. Um, and sometimes some people will include a recirculation pump as well. I don't because I pump enough air through it that it circulates the water enough. Um, but that's it's basically what it is. Uh, and your, your clones are sitting in highly oxygenated water because you're constantly pumping air through it 24 seven. So yeah, there you go. Bubble ponics. Exactly. That's a great, uh, uh, nickname for it's it. It's
1: the though. easiest. Yeah. Easiest way to put it. Cause people will think like, Oh, so I look at it like you're a DWC style cloning. Cause it's exactly. pretty much it's exactly what, it what, what it is. It's, yeah. yeah. I've gotten decent results with that, but I've gotten the best results for me with aeroponic cloning. I get seven to 10 days insane yeah. roots. Well and that's same roots.
2: Vader could talk more on that. That's what Vader uses. Uh, but I've actually thought about switching to the arrow cloners because even in my DWC cloner, what I've noticed is I get the roots quicker in that misty zone, actually above it's between the water line and where the um you know the, the, the bottom of the little clone uh I don't know what you call them. The little Colts neoprene trays, sleeves are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that one to two inches of, of air gap there, where like mist is coming up from the bubbles, I get roots there always before I get roots, uh, uh, you know, on the stems down in the water. So I've thought Oxygen about. Oxygen and going, water. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's Vader, those, yeah. yeah.
0: It's one of those things where you have to remember um, physics wise with air stones. It's actually that um, the, the key, especially for the deep water culture style is not to have the water line too high and the stems in the water you actually want it just kind of right at that zone where the bubbles are popping the water out and there's moisture and everything coming up the top of the water the air bubbles inside the water the oxygen actually comes from when the bubbles break the surface of the water and then remixes the oxygen back in though bubbles in the water from the air stone don't actually give that much oxygen into the water so it's the surface tension break of the water itself up top that then adds in more bubbles that real thin layer line right below the water line and above the water line, that's your key zone. If the stems are a little too deep, then it actually doesn't work as well. It's, um, and in my experience, it works that way, too. But it is the simplest, easiest, cheapest solution, a five-gallon bucket, few holes in that bad boy, and some of those uh, like aerospawn or, or little foam, right, little collars, collars, and bam, yeah, you're right off answer. to the races with uh, with nothing, not having to worry about it. The aeroponics stuff is a little bit more complicated. Um, I mean, just with the sprayers and all the extra stuff. Plus, the pump in the water can create a lot of warmth. So if you're not in, like, a cold-ass room, then uh, you might need to run, like, a chiller like I do. I live in Southern California, so especially during the summer, got to run a chiller. And and then just set the water to, like, 72 degrees is great. Like, you don't even have to have it that cold. Uh, That actually is probably the right zone. But the little bubble cloners, like... Yeah, just to get them right in that right zone really helps a lot if you uh think about just yeah, how the oxygen um that they need and w- enough moisture to get them going ready. Yeah, dude, and I think where people get tripped up is that temperature part.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like it'll make or break you. Just like the reason Absolutely. why people stay away from BWC oh, yeah. is it gets too warm, you're getting that sludgy, nasty shit from the bad bacteria and pathogens. People will want to use something like Great White or or even Recharge or something within their mix, not realizing that you're potentially going to kill a lot of that off if you get too high heat. You have to keep that down low, and that's where the chiller comes into play. Myself, usually I just use either frozen water bottles or ice packs because where I'm at, it usually gets a little chillier at night. In the summertime, in this container, I've got the 36-site um, Easy Cloner. I just really like the build. It's, it's kind of a proprietary build. You can do it yourself, but the way that, that um, the dome, kind of not the dome, but the top of the cloner itself sits there, it's up enough. So that way the water kind of just mists. It sprays really, really well. And I diy one before and it worked pretty good. This, cause of the size, the temperature stays a lot longer. So really easy for me in terms of cloning in comparison to dealing with like, let's say um, the root riot little plugs, you know, I, I see like 14 to 21 days before I get roots that I'm comfortable transplanting. Whenever I use those, no matter what situation I'm in, I just, I like the, maybe it's because I started with aeroponic cloning. So I've got these crazy roots that I've neglected that should have been transplanted when they were smaller so i'm used to these big booming crazy things and then i see little tiny hairs coming out and i'm like nope not ready not ready and then it gets tangled into the next one in the tray and i'm like fuck i should i hate this it's
0: frustrating (laughs) they're super simple and the easiest way to go for sure um i think and if you're in the right environment again temperature is key so if you're in the right environment it um you can have a lot of success without it being too many swings other than that, the real thing that just makes a big difference is the hardening off period for the domes because they're in the humidity dome and that will affect how much transpiration they can have, especially as they shoot roots. You know, they don't really need to transpire that much with, so super high humidity is fine. It's putting a lot of humidity into the dome so the roots can get out there, right? And then there's oxygen, obviously, inside the dome. Open it up and whatever, clear it once a day. Usually good advice. Um, but still, you can let them sit for a sec. But once the roots start going, then they want to transpire more you do want to bring the humidity down uh, down a little bit you down to 70 percent going to be great for cannabis right you don't have to be down that 55 or humidity like that key zone 60. you can shoot more for that concept of having the humidity a little higher but um you don't want them up at like 99 percent, 100 humidity in the dome and that'll slow down its rooting growth so that's where you could get those longer roots if you hit it just right and start hardening them off or getting them right the humidity relative humidity down Then they're going to run really well. And that also helps with temperature because we all know with VPD, that temperature is going to affect your humidity and your temperature together, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And how optimal the plants are going to grow. So hitting that VPD perfectly is the thing that's a little bit more nuanced and artistic, even though it's such a simple system with a dome. That's, I think, where people run into problems, especially with winter versus summer, get swings throughout those different seasons. Then you have to adjust it differently versus a cloner. You're or like aero cloner or even the deep water culture cloner those are going to have your moisture down for your roots perfectly for what they want and then you're going to have your regular humidity uh, and temperatures up above and so they can as soon as the roots start going they can transpire and go but they don't really need the humidity dome in the upper part where the canopy is so that's where you get into that so yes it's more expensive to run a cloner suppose you have to run a chiller you have to purchase all the equipment plus then chillers running and that's going to pull more power um, then you get down to really simple stuff. But I spent years and years, especially commercially, just running cloners um, with the domes, rock wool. Eventually kind of moved over to the cubes or like little organic cubes just because that made it easier for nutrients, things like that. You didn't have to do the extra work to buffer the rock wool. But it all depends on how big your setups are, too, and uh, what's the simplest and what access you have to materials. That's, but, that's yeah, it's access crucial. to materials. That's, that's a good, crucial. That's a good I, now, I,
4: you said something very important there that I, li- I really like. My question was going to be the focus you guys have on here when you're cloning is clearly the roots. How, if you were to split it in terms of if, if attention to the roots versus attention to the foliage, you kind of answered my question in terms of it's like 90% root system, 5 to 10% foliage. Kind of maintaining that environment for do these systems that you use these aeroponic and the uh hydroponic do they use or the bubbler or whichever do they use domes over top of them but you did say some of them don't even use
0: no no you can but it'll just float down there's no need there's no it's need so it's a hundred percent which is why
2: the yeah that's why I like it so much is because that's where I had trouble with for me was the domes when to crack it open, how much air to let in, uh, and so forth. And that's the problem I had. And I would say uh, it's, I mean, the goal is to get them to root, right? We're cloning, so we want roots. But uh, I guess to answer your question, pigeons, I would say in an aeroponic or a DWC cloner situation, it is all about the water and kind of below the line, the root zone area. I would say for... You know the dome cloning it's actually the opposite it is the foliage because you have to keep the dome in the humidity because that's where they're getting their moisture is from the high humidity inside the dome because there's no there's no root zone they're not submerged in water so there's no uptake right i mean the cubes are wet obviously but most of the moisture is coming from, uh, you know, the foliage. That's why those domes are so important. In a DWC or aeroponic, because the roots are constantly wet, there's no real need for that dome. And the plants can just kind of, you just leave them in your bedroom. As long as you're maintaining your bedroom, humidity and temperature, you should be fine. So, like you're
1: really choking the plant. The transpiration is going to be an issue at that point when you're yeah. dealing with humidity from top and bottom yeah, yeah and I, I use a dome so i, I
4: that's why i asked I, like my focus is 100 just like that above the roots it's like yeah, that yeah. environment i want 90 plus percent humidity all the time is what it feels mm-hmm. like in a dome and it you can get the roots in about seven to ten days you know give or take but it's yeah the trying to maintain just using a regular dome and a spray bottles, is a pain in the ass it works but you get often like that when i put my clones these grape apes that i have for example when i put them in the tent or uh, they were ragged they were almost you would some would say dead but they were really yellowed out they were just hanging on to life but i knew all i had to do was try uh, upsize the pot because i don't use the 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 uh, uh fuck party cups no, what's the stuff? Rock wool. I don't use rock, rock wool because yeah. it's just not environmentally friendly. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, shit. Uh-huh. I like to just throw my shit right into the uh, compost or whatever, and that rock wool ain't going anywhere. Yeah. But well, but, the,
2: the yellowing's actually kind of a good, good sign, at least because then at least you know the plant's throwing using, down
1: roots. It's using, yeah, throwing
3: That's what I'm convinced of. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's where I think people get tripped up too is they'll transplant either into a really small container or a large container and expect uh, super quick results sometimes in that transplant uh, transplant process you're going to deal with more stress from that plant it's going to take time like a week before it becomes from a clone to a plant and i've seen especially in something like cocoa, if i've got roots that are insane it's like especially aeroponic cloning it seems like they're ready for a dwc and now i'm like they're like whoa, whoa, whoa hold on i got to work all through this in comparison if i started with a smaller root system they'd be able to work into it quicker they, they could acclimate to the system but with those long, giant roots, like they have to work differently. They have to move. They're not mm-hmm. growing towards stuff, and it's hard even transplanting them. So sometimes there's a disadvantage with the aerobonic cloning if you're not on top of it quick. You got to be paying attention. Yeah, roots to pulling will get it too up. big. Yeah. Within a day, I've looked, and also next, like the next day, I've got roots. I'm like, whoa, there was nothing here, now there is. And if you don't look, then that's where you run into those issues where those extremely long roots come into play, and then you almost have a hydro plant, you know.
2: And I also don't want people to get discouraged if their roots take longer than seven to 10 days. I know we're throwing that out there as a rough estimate. I think a lot of us here on the panel have all done, uh, you know, cloning. Straight uh, specific, uh, the yes, Merlot exactly. takes
0: like 15 days plus to root, yeah. even in yeah. aeroponics. It never roots quicker. Every time it's like everything else is rooted and you're looking at it like, is this going to root? And then she just yeah. starts
2: going real slow. Star Destroyer, the same thing. But, I was going to it. Once oh, she's grown, she's
0: huge, and she runs really fast. But it's funny how she's really slow to root, even in the best conditions. I used to have the rule of thumb that
4: was min- two weeks minimum, <clears throat> is what I used to say. Fourteen days before I'd even yeah, expect. Yeah, if look. you get them
2: sooner, uh, fantastic.
4: That's what I thought. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good point, Dog. Yeah, don't be discouraged because yeah, two weeks. Because especially a guy like myself who doesn't have a system dialed in, it's just uh, it's just a uh, a dome sitting on either just a little stool under the light in the corner. I just go in there. I got a little spray bottle hanging. I just give it a. spray. Spray twice, maybe three times a day if I can, if I can think about it, and that's it. So it might take a little bit longer as the environment isn't dialed in, and I do like to keep it in the tent. But you know, it might take a little bit longer. So uh, yeah, two weeks minimum was kind of.
3: And we're talking mostly aeroponic cloning as of right now. Um, but you know, one of the ways I clone is just the, probably the easiest way, arguably, but like the worst way is you just basically cut it off the plant and directly straight into the soil. You know, no, that's, aim, all like, gobl-
1: that's how Goblin used to do it. It just seems like the plants stress a little more.
3: Um, it takes the 14 days fully to root yeah. roughly. And one of the things to call out is that um, the um, temperature in the medium is a big indicator on whether or not it's going to actually root or not. Right. There's been plenty of times where I clone something and it's in like a 60 degree medium or something. It's like too low micro activity has slowed down and it just takes longer to root and some don't root at all. So having that for me, at least I found when you're sticking it directly into the soil, definitely making sure that that medium temperature is above 72 degrees Fahrenheit, 72, 78, some people go up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, That's kind of what I found best for rooting, but it does take 10 days, 14 days. If you're just going to put it directly into the medium.
1: (laughs) It's a blunt wrapper. (laughs)
4: <laughs> sorry
1: sorry behind the scenes i was like also i, right? could, I could hear his
0: wrappers i was like i can hear your rapper it's <laughs> a candy wrapper it's like it's a, it's a blunt it's a blunt. sorry you're say it no, funny, i so. do want to mention that um one of the things the and you know you find this and it, it happens with all plants right this isn't just like cannabis when you're doing cloning and things but if you're going to go directly into a medium whether it's cocoa or soil or things like that one of the benefits for running it and putting it in warmer um is that When it gets cold, the water doesn't evaporate as much, and you don't get as much airflow into the actual medium. So if you keep it a little warmer, it starts to evaporate more, and then the roots have more oxygen in that. If it's too saturated, then you're going to have that slow down. Um, So that's one of the things about the temperatures that go there, right? And it's with that microbial growth and everything, as Mr. Groh mentioned. That's a great call out. Keeping that yeah. um, kind of keeping that water and air movement going, and especially when you don't have a bunch of roots that are pulling a bunch of stuff, water and transpiring it, then uh, that's going to help with that a little bit, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that the the difference of how everybody clones is is pretty dramatic in some senses. I've got buddies who put nothing in; it's like a sterile uh, environment in their cloning, where it's just straight water, and then something like you uh, see roots, maybe, or I've seen people use peroxide even in the mix but like just something to keep it sterile keep down any pathogens bacteria and they're running at a higher heat and it takes a little longer to clone but they clone every time
4: like, wow chris are you using a hormone when you go from
3: typically iba uh, some sort of iba um, no. rooting hormone so. that,
4: i got like as i asked that i kind of thought of another question what do you guys think about the difference between a a, a gel or a liquid hormone versus a powder hormone is there any different personally i think the only difference myself or preference is the shelf life but what when it comes to liquid versus do you guys use hormones but if you do liquid or, or dry i feel
3: like the liquid better. is easier to kind of apply and dip into and it coats it a little bit better than the powder in my experience
2: yeah i use clonex good old-fashioned clonex gel and they come in the little singles packets now which is great i don't have to worry about letting a whole giant like jar go to waste you know you just clip open a packet squeeze it near your shot glass and off you go uh uh, what they give you 30 milliliters or something worth 10 milliliters but it's uh you just that way you're only using what's in that packet so i buy the box of the packets now as opposed to like a big bottle so
0: vader were you do you same thing clonex uh yeah i generally stick to the gels um when we were doing like you know if I were to, haven't done it in a while, I mean, every once in a while, but um, running cubes or something like that, or domes, um, for sure. When it comes to something where they're going to go into the water, um, it is recommended that you use the uh, more liquid nutrient, and there's not really, it's the hormones are different, they're a totally different product, actually. Um, they don't really need it for like something like the bubbler or the aquaponics, or sorry, not aquaponics, but aeroponics, aeroponics. Um, system. Uh, but I, you do see me use it um, and do that, but that's because I'm taking clones usually a few, quite a few at a time. And then so um, you can just put them straight into water, but I let them soak in the Clonex gel for a little bit before going into the cloner. I think in videos, often it looks like, you know, we kind of take them and then you put them in right away, but we kind of let them sit there for like five, 10 minutes, let them just soak up a little bit and then get them into the cloner. But then once it's in the water, that gel is not going to make a difference anymore. So just note that for those that are using it, like sometimes we're using little pro tip things that we do in our workflow, but they may not necessarily translate to the actual, uh, procedure itself when it comes to like their opponent cloner. So. Yeah. Um you can yeah. run those. I found that it seems like it works more is it worth uh for me purchasing it or dealing with it? I generally don't um use the liquid version when I throw it in the aero cloner. They seem to do just fine with it, but I do use the gels just to start them off. Um but if I put them straight in and I I have timing wise, I can just dump them in right. I don't really notice a difference in any speed or anything like that. So I'm I will using, say in terms
1: of speed you ego. I was just saying
0: I'm using the exact
4: I bought a like 10 years ago i bought a little pill bottle sized i don't even know what it is it just it was cloning cloning powder is what it said on the top front of it and uh i've been using that same container for the the whole time and i just cut the clones i used to take some out and then do it but now i'm late like i said i'm lazy i pop the lid off jab that clone right into the uh into the powder and then right into the little peat cube and away she goes and typically the cloning rate is, you know, 80 plus percent. I take more with the expectation that I don't have to really worry that I'm down to numbers. That's you
2: key. Know? That's a key. Always take more clones than you need and then keep the strong ones, kill the rest. <clears throat> Very Hold good word. Calling Always. you got to get used to that.
1: Yeah. Now, I yeah. will say the aloe side, I've been using aloe lately. I see, honestly, I get better results using it in conjunction with it. Now, using aloe is basically going to, like, activate a natural rooting hormone within the, the cutting itself. And I personally just see it takes longer. The look of my clone, the quality of my clone is on par with when I use Clonex. But I'm getting 7 to 10 days when I use Clonex in great white consistently every time. And so I don't want to change that. It works good. But then I water with some aloe. And the thing about
0: aloe and honey, if you got to remember, that it's mostly actually like as much as there is some extra like with aloe, the hormone benefits. Really, it's that it's going to help keep um, like certain pests out. Right. It's actually um, it's more of an antibacterial. So that is helping kind of keep things, I mean, it's hard to use the word sterile, but it's going to keep some of the bad pathogens from taking over and giving the plant enough time. Because usually you you cut it, it's been injured, right? The stalk's all ripped up. You give it a few slices uh, if you're going the pro route just to promote some more root growth. And then that is going to help keep down on those pathogens. So that's actually one of the major things. So that's why I always recommend, too, like, oh, if you're going to use that, also use some hormone. Um, it will, they can work in conjunction that not just alone. It's the same way of running something like, you know, for sweeteners, oh, you can put in uh, molasses, right? It's like, well, that's still different than some, uh, sweetener product that a lot of companies run. It's like, oh, there's molasses in that sweetener product. There is, but it's yeah. not the only thing. It's part of a <clears throat> synergy with some other things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where people get tripped up on it. It's like, it's just a one and done. It's like, not necessarily. It, it boils down to again, cultivar. That's a big thing. But um, the look of the plant, too, when it's done, I I do have to say is sometimes I I would rather just have a very healthy, vibrant, green, nice clone right out of the gate. Like looking at when Goblin first started with his garden, he had just done aloe right into the media and they were they they grew, but they were rough looking for a while. As we're now with his homemade bubble conic style cloner like that's he made a homemade one great one on his channel. If you haven't checked it out, Green Goblin 510, Um, that's nine times better nine to ten times i'm gonna go that far ten times better oh, so the results just look amazing bold It's bold. i it's bold it's a twitch exclusive i'm mm-hmm. gonna say it but it's i mean it was really just uh, a lot more a lot more vibrant a lot healthier they're ready to go i'm like fuck yes dude like those are the ones and i think again depending on the person depending on what you want to do some people know like i don't care if it's yellowy it's going to be good again like P was saying i'll transplant her and she'll be ready to go she'll be fine cool but yeah, it's about it your timing in your garden. If you're limited if you to, got, let's say, four plants and those four plants are stressed out, you're like, fuck, this is going to take so long. It might be quicker to just take new clones, get them booming quickly, and then transplant those. And you're going to have a plant that's going to grow faster within weeks compared to the other plants that have recovery time of weeks. You know, well, so before they start growing more, it's the recovery.
4: There's a direct benefit to clones that I failed to see when I first started growing. It took me years to get into the growing or the the cloning stage because... I was kind of a, I was a bean chaser, I guess, you know, I would, I would get something, I'd grow it. I'd give it what I thought was my best shot, but in my early career, you know, my best shot was my, my weakest at best now, you know, and it, it, I would move on to the next one and I'd move on to the next one and I'd move on to the next one and I would never really ha- hang on to anything. And then, you know, it was actually through chat. It was years when I first got into making, or in the first couple of years of making videos with someone was like, just do clones, do clones. I was like, Oh, okay. Good idea. I'm gonna give it a shot, and so I did. And then I realized I, ne- I never went back because it was like, whoa, 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 whoa! Once you, you know, you, you save up, you, you you save your hard-earned money, you go out, you buy yourself some bang-ass ocean-grown seeds, and then what you grow them, and then you know you're gonna find something pretty in there why don't you clone it? Why don't you maintain it? Why don't you keep it for a little bit longer so you don't have to go back and buy more seeds? Because seeds, are, you know, it, you might have a really good gem in there. You know what I mean? And you you can clone it and find it. And then that could be the strain that you keep forever. It could be your headbanger, you know, mm-hmm. the one that you, 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 you talk about the most. So yeah, cloning is it has really, really its own benefits. And I think okay. trying to maintain the strain is one of mm-hmm. them and saving some money is another.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Saving money and maintaining them. The one thing you will lack though when you do take clones is you're not going to get the same vigor out of the plant as you do growing from seed so that's something to keep in mind a clone you get a genetic replica of the plant you cloned obviously and you're going to flower it out it'll flower just fine it'll be big and bulky like the other one but it may not grow as fast and as vigorous as uh, a plant would from seed so just something to to keep in mind Se- seeds just have that
0: it has to do with the hormones they're driving <laughs> yeah. they have that young hormone, right they're doing it every time so you're gonna see that even that growth a little bit different um so sometimes you can't like even if you totally take a perfect clone and you revenge it or you didn't even have to re-vege it, right you took it from the beginning you kept it in the um you kept it in veg and then you sent the main one um the seed off to the flower you're gonna see a little bit slightly different growth flowers are gonna turn out the same they're still gonna they can still be very vigorous um, in the clone, but you will actually get a slightly different clone look. It's the same way that you can tell the hormones are different with the fact that with a lot of seeds, sometimes you get those little leaf nugs, right? Those are the extra yeah. hormones and everything floating around for those. But you won't see that leaf nug in the clone version. But you'll see it with the seeds. So that just kind of shows that you, you get some slightly different growth there um, with the seeds. And, of course, if you are like want to hunt for something new, then you know, you're you looking yeah. for variety. And we always concentrate on pheno hunting. like That's our thing. It's not about mass or um trying to even monocrop culture right and stabilize traditionally my mindset was i was
4: i was always looking for the next best thing but not realizing that i hadn't even tried what was the best of what i had because i just took you know that one that one like of, of a pack of seeds for example you get 10 seeds you know and you burn through them all well, you could have had one in there that was amazing, but you never even really gave it a shot. It was one amongst ten, and and you know it it out it went, and then you started the next ones. So yeah, you you I was always looking for the next best, but it could have been the best that I'd already blasted through and didn't even know
1: it. Yeah, I, I, someone... I started with pick and mix when I first started, so I
0: if it I get it. I thought someone mentioned that um, clones grow quicker than seed for them. Um, and that makes a lot of sense because uh, I will say that that's where that turn is. Is that you've kind of already got like an adult plant in a sense that's already gone through its earlier phases. Seeds actually take a second. You have to ramp up the lighting and things. Clones, I mean, if you know on the pro- professional level, like you can take a little clone and throw that under some pretty intense light really quickly, faster than you can for seeds. Um, you don't need to baby them as much. So if you got your systems down you should be able to actually run clones up a little bit quicker than you would run seeds. It's going to take a couple more weeks of prep work getting you to that phase where they've gone out of that first three weeks. Same with yeah. food, right? Same with food. I know mm-hmm. you can feed yeah. your clones the
4: exact same that you were feeding the mother. It's It was taking the same amount of food, whereas, you know, in the first, but you, you can't do that with a seed. You know, you're just going to. Yeah.
0: Which is why yeah. we always say when you're growing seeds and you go to take some clones off them, if you want to take them before you throw them in flower, still wait like a solid three weeks before you go to take clones off a new seedling. Mm. Um, You want to make sure that they're through that hormone phase. If not, then they can be a little wonky uh, doing it that way, and you can create uh, some mutations, which would be epigenetic mutations uh, from that point.
4: Now I so unless someone I, I just wanted to touch on one more thing I I or a couple whatever but uh, w- I, there's always the 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 argument about degradation amongst clones and whether or not you take a clone you cut it and but the, the clone after the seventh cut that you you start to lose generational traits or characteristics mm-hmm. or variants let's let's genetic assume drift. Let's ass- genetic drift let's, yeah, assume, epigenetic drift is let's, let's assume epigenetic you're, drift let's assume you're you're taking this clone in a vacuum. So all variables have been taken care of everything. So you have sterile products. The environment is at its peak. Everything is good. Everything is great. It's in a vacuum. So there's no variables. And you continue that cut from cut one to cut two (coughs) to cut 99. My Pappy, grandpappy is cutting that and his, his pappy cut that. Is there going to be any kind of genetic drift or would
0: there be any kind of um, degradation? Everything is good. It'll be negligible. You, you would not notice it. It would be as long as you keep it healthy. They didn't get hit with pests. You weren't spraying them with a bunch of right chemicals and all that good stuff. Uh, if they were healthy, they just kept going. You had all the environments right. Yeah, no, it'll be totally fine. You'll be able to keep cloning that uh, generation after generation. And, it's, and using tissue culture and stuff, depending on what um, traits that they're now displaying, because that's epigenetics. Epigenetics is when you're turning on traits versus uh, true genetic drift, which is like, Two, you know, two sets of cannabis, for example, are on two sides of a river, and then the river gets super big, and I don't. know, So far, the pollen can't even cross canta- cross itself anymore. So they're on two different sides of the valley. Then you'll get the genetic drift going on between two between that species and the different species. Epigenetics is when there's an environmental control that hits it, and then it turns on a gene because it was super hot, so it does something, or super cold, so then it starts going real purple, right? Mm-hmm. But that's within itself. Um, and then you can have those mutations where they turn on even for the mom clone. So the mom, it doesn't work like this. I'm using this kind of a weird example, but let's say cold did affect it where it turned purple, even in veg, right? Or, um, you know, lack of phosphorus. And then it kept kind of displaying that as you took clones more and more, right? Even though it used to always be green, but now in veg, it's like always throwing purple stems. It still doesn't seem to affect the plant too much, but, or at all, let's say, right? But you're now getting purple stems and every generation down. But you can do things like tissue culture where sometimes the tissue culture will reset it back because you're getting back down to a cellular level to regrow it. And it can kind of turn off a gene or sometimes you can't, you know, you've hit it with Avid like back in the day where people were using really bad chemicals, right, Trying to yeah. get rid of spider mites or something mm-hmm. and they messed it up and you go back to the tissue culture version, but it won't turn off that gene because there was a mutation there at the cellular level. So that's a fucking to think wisdom right there. Yeah, the, the treating your plants well and going forward, and whether or not you're going to turn on those traits uh, through environment. It, it,
2: and where you're going to see a lot, like Vader mentioned, it, it's the environmental factors. <clears throat> this plant is so adaptable to its growers. Where you're going to see a lot of the variances when you're distributing those clones to other people. Uh, just like Vader mentioned, if you're in the same environment, keeping everything healthy and relatively no shock to the plants, you're not going to see much if any drift at all. But you know, if we took, you know, six clones of the same plant and all of us here each took one and grew it out, we would all have relatively different flowers in the end. I mean, they will be the similar terpene profiles, but because each of our environments are different, we all grow differently. The plant's going to adapt to each one of us as a grower. So then if we each were in turn were to take clones those sets of clones would be further away from the original mother we got because it's gone through another gardener, another growth style and another round of cloning. So different environmental factors, different sets of shocks that are all going to pull out different uh, genetic traits uh, within the plant itself. So And a
0: way to think about that is like, some, or you know, you go through your cycle. Let's say you're growing outdoors and you're just growing seasonally, right? You always grow seasonally, but um, you always take re-veg clones off of at the end of your season of something right? And it's the same way farmers for anything, strawberries or whatever, you know, it's like, Oh, this is a really great season. Um, And you're have different environments throughout the summer. So then you take those and you move forward, it would be yeah, very similar concept, if you think about it simply like that. Great point. I'm glad we opened that up. So it clearly is you know, you start in a vacuum, but the more and more you add a
4: variable to the equation, that's when that slight variation becomes a bigger and bigger variation from the original state.
1: That's sure. genotype versus phenotype is a, is a great example of how the environmental impact it can, can play into the things. I mean, Trey and I usually have pretty damn comparable results in terms of how our, our end result is, but we have very comparable growths. So we live in comparable areas. I got a buddy who lives more up north who's got um, the 11 roses, and his is so floral. It's really different. It's, it's dramatically different than the um, hydro run that they ended up doing with HPSs over top, but just a whole different style different nutrients, everything. It was just a little different. Uh, It was a little prettier, honestly, but it had a little less of this crazy turf. The variables come into play, I think the environment, people don't realize how important that is where it's like, yeah, you got a certain cut, a certain phenotype, but how that cut performs in your garden may not be the same as the next person's garden. So maybe modifying your garden for that or realizing that the end result is going to be comparable, but not exactly spot on, even if it is a clone and it should be a replica. it it could change you know the environment is definitely going to be a factor you know Chris's garden versus ours will be different where he's at you know nevada
0: especially in flowers and stuff like that that yeah absolutely so if you're talking like stepping back just talking about clones and taking you know generation after generation things like that as long as you don't add anything extreme to them you're going to be able to get the same results out of those continuing flowers then we get into a totally different conversation when it comes to then how what you give them for nutrients things like that and talking about environment and then how that affects the end result for the fruit or the flowers that we're looking to get and then right and all the factors that are inside of our fruit and flowers like terpenes and cannabinoids and things like that that we're looking for absolutely
3: man so much good information no Dude, kidding. just nothing no but kidding. bars. Nothing but right, bars. Right, right. Well, I don't we know if everybody stuff. in the chat knows.
1: Oh, sorry, Chris. We're, you're you go, Chris. I was going
3: to say, we got some stuff to give away. I was just so going to say, uh, these guys here,
1: the OGs, <laughs> ocean grown, okay? If you're not growing their stuff, you should probably check it out. I've got, I have had a little branch of Ader OG that came down that just has a tinge of like a lime gas. Like a hint of a lime, but all gas. I was like, whoa. And it's the tallest of the bunch. You said you wanted the
2: gas, so we sent you the gas. The gas
1: is there, and I'm popping more.